I just want to give you a little background in pastor and my healing stuff. Um, for, in Indiana, for seven and a half years, we had healing school every Wednesday morning at our church. Seven and a half years. I figured it out. It's about 370 hours of teaching on healing. Um, no sermon was ever the same. Let me say this. Do you all have a handout? Did you get a handout for the, of the service? Okay, as long as you, if you don't have one, raise your hand and the ushers will be more than glad to get one for you if you don't have a hand, handout. 370 hours of teaching, and as I said, it was never the same. Now, that doesn't mean that the scriptures that we used weren't the same, but the approach that was given to those scriptures was different. Also, before Pastor and I were pastors, um, we taught, it was called Intensive Care Healing School at a big word church in Indianapolis. And it was for people who were terminally ill. In other words, the doctors had given them no hope. They were going to die, and that's just the way it was. Or those who had chronic diseases or chronic sicknesses. Now, now chronic means that you've got it. I mean, you've had it forever. You know, you're just something you put up with. And uh, so that's what we did. We taught this intensive care healing school, and then seven and a half years of, of uh, teaching on healing. So. I think you can say that we kind of know what we're talking about. In our ministry, there have been many, many miracles. There have been many, many healings. There have been people that have had backs that were just, well, like Jeff Kopey. He was, was he born that way? Or did he just sort of? Yeah, he just kind of, as he was growing, he got scoliosis of the spine, right? So he never could bend over and touch his toes. And how old is he now? 30-something, right? 31, give or take? He's 40? 34, okay, 34. So one day, you know, Pastor was teaching healing like he does, you know, and he came up for healing, and, and Pastor laid hands on him, and for the first time, and I don't know how ever long, he bent over and touched his toes. He couldn't do that before. And now uh, that's within our, our church here. There's been lots of people healed of lots and lots of things here. And uh, we're just so thankful for it because, as I said, it's not God's will for people to be healed. I mean, for people to be sick for people to be in pain, for people to have diseases. That's not God's will at all. Okay, now, like I told you, I'm going to be saying some stuff to you, and uh, I might step on your toes, but that's just kind of the way I do things. But I'm doing that to help you because I don't beat around the bush with people when it comes to the Word of God. There's just, you know, there's just no sense in it. I want you to be able to get this healing, to, to uh, know how to get it, to get it, to keep it, and to know how to keep it. Okay, now I've tried to condense 370 hours worth of teaching down into an hour. So you're going to have to you're going to have to just pay real close attention. Okay, let me get a drink of water here first. Okay, so many, many times. um, Jesus told the people, your faith has made you whole. Jesus said, your faith. Has made you whole. Say faith. Faith has made you whole. Sometimes people were and still are healed by, with the corporate anointing, which is present, you know, just by y'all being here, number one, because y'all, we all bring in some Jesus, you know, we all bring in some Holy Ghost when we come in, or through the gifts of the Spirit, which is the gifts of healing or the gifts of miracles. Okay, so open up your Bibles to Hosea 4 6. Hosea 4 6. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people, say my people, not talking about the world, he's talking about us. My people are destroyed for what? Where does knowledge come from? Specifically where from God? The word. My people are destroyed for lack of the word. This, this thing here represents the healing anointing of God, pure, pure from heaven. But he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, did he put that in the Bible just because he didn't have anything better to do, or is it a fact? Okay, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And he says, because you have rejected knowledge, this is powerful, I will also reject you. 
And then it goes on to say, I will also forget your children. That's the one that always got to me, you know. I love my children. (laughs) And I do not want me not doing something to affect my children or my grandchildren. So that's powerful. So you see, the anointing of God is pure and spotless, comes down from heaven, he's ready there, but there's a little hindrance there, isn't there? We block something up. I want to challenge you all to do something. I want you to get in your Bible, I mean every day, every day, every day, every day. And you can start in the New Testament if you want to because, it's, you know, you can start in the Old Testament, but I just challenge you to begin in the New Testament. And you mark every single place where it talks about healing in there. The title of my message, by the way, is Jesus Healed Them All. Jesus healed them all. So, you know, I challenge you to do that. You know, take a, take a certain color marker. I don't care if it's yellow, pink, green, whatever, orange, whatever. And every time it talks about healing in here, I want you to highlight it. Not only do I want you to highlight it, but I want you to start making some 3 by 5 cards or whatever it is that helps you to learn. Now, see these 3 by 5 cards? I took these off a of pastor's chair yesterday at the house. He still does this. These are from March 31st, 1982. He has stacks and stacks of these things. You can tell it's a little old. And I will take it home and I will put it right back where he had it. Lest I get in trouble for where are my things. But you need to take, especially, you know, you don't have to learn the whole, all of them at once. But if there's a healing scripture that jumps off at you, you take that thing and you memorize it. Now, just because you memorize it doesn't mean it's down here. Okay? I was talking to somebody this morning that, that she was reading the word and all of a sudden she just, it just came alive to her. And I said, that's called a rhema. That's when the word becomes a revelation to you. So by you memorizing scripture, it's going to drop from here to here. Clunk. Cha-ching. You're going to get it. And you're going to say, I got it. I got it. That's what that means. I've got it. So I want you to start doing that. Open up your Bibles, too, to Luke 5.17. Now, this is the story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. This is the story about, um, you know, the guy that got let down through the roof. You remember that story about his friends took the tile off? And they let him down through the roof. You remember that story? Okay, listen to this scripture. Uh, 5.17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he, meaning Jesus, was what? What do you think he was teaching? Okay, he was teaching the word. Ah, you're getting it. That there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. So the Pharisees and the doctors of the law and stuff like that were those, were her, those who were embalmed with doubt and unbelief. Okay? So you've got Jesus. He's teaching the word. You've got all these folks over here that are just antagonistic against the whole thing. He did, they didn't like that. The power of the Lord was present to heal who? Them. Is them one or more than one? More than one. Them. In other words, Jesus brought forth the word. The power of present, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Every single person in that 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 came in that audience or that that those people that came. But you know what happened? Only one person got healed. It talks about him got healed. So the power of the Lord was present to heal them, but only him got healed. Why? Well, because you had all the doubt and unbelievers. I'm sure that among the Pharisees and all those other folks, that there were some folks there that needed healing. But they were more prideful about their what they knew, about their religion, that they rejected what Jesus had. And by rejecting what Jesus had, they rejected the word of God. Therefore, they did not receive. Only him got, got healed. Now, For all you folks over here and in the back there, you need to build up your faith for healing before you need it. I mean, you need to get tanked up on this stuff big time. 
You think, oh, I'm healthy. Maybe some of you guys, Alex, maybe you say, I'm young. I don't, you know, hey, dude, you need to tank up on this stuff. If not for you, then for your wife and your children. Amen. Okay. You guys here, maybe you've known the word. Maybe just the devil just smacked you, you know. But some of you need to play catch-up ball. You know what that's talking about? You know what? You understand that phrase? That's a basketball thing, right? Could be. Could be baseball, whatever. But you're playing a game. Oh, Cletus would know this. Cletus, do you understand? You need to tell me about catch-up ball, right? So you're playing a ball game, and you're losing. But you want to beat this other team. So you need to, so you, so, so it's halftime, whatever. So the coach goes back there and he's just giving them the pump talk. So they need to go out there and catch up. You need to play catch up ball. Well, see, the same thing goes on with your healing. If you don't have a clue about the word of God on healing, God's will to heal you, you got a whole lot of catching up to do. But it's not impossible. Even the song we sang today, nothing is impossible with God. So even though you've clouded up your waters over there, you can still receive. Amen. So how do you know if you don't have any faith or not? Uh, one test is I can ask you, what scripture or scriptures are you standing on? And you look at me like a calf at a new gate. You don't have a clue. You just know that you come here maybe all the time, maybe sometimes, and we talk about healing and we pray for healing for people and stuff like that. But you yourself, you don't have any faith for healing. You just know that it, you know, it kind of happens here. So you come here, but you don't have a clue what scripture you're standing on. You don't have one. I challenge you, if you don't have one, you better get some. It's just like I told you with the three by five cards. You better start getting them in here and then let it drop down. Amen. Um, or uh, in your spirit, you don't have no faith at all. You don't have any faith for healing. You know, I mean, I, I can't answer this question. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't know what your faith level is. But you have to get this word so inside of you that I can't talk you out of it. Just like you're saved. Can I talk any of you out of going to heaven, your salvation? Why? Because you heard the word of God and you acted on it. Well, you need to get that adamant about healing. You need to get that word so inside of you that if I come up and try to yank that word away from you, I've got to fight on my hands because you're not going to let go of it. You understand that? Okay. So that is why when Pastor Dave got leukemia when he was three and a half years old, and, uh, you know, don't get tired of this story because if Jesus healed your child, you would talk about it too. And you would give God the glory, and you would continue to give God the glory until now, until forever. So um, he was three and a half years old. You know, I don't want to go into all his testimony, but the little fella, he just he couldn't walk. He was turning yellow and blah, 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 you know, and he was really a sick little fella. And uh, um, there was no doubt in our minds that he was healed. Did he look healed? He didn't look healed. But there was no doubt in our minds or our spirits that that little fellow was healed. The devil wasn't going to take him out. Why? Because we were strong in the word of healing. We hadn't needed it before, but there came a day, wham, our child got hit. We needed it for him. You know, you may think, well, I don't need it for me. Well, you will someday maybe. But you need it for your children. You need it for your family. You need to know that word. Um, you, know, you all know his testimony. Because two weeks later, that little fellow, he just, <laughs> he, jumped, he jumped off of that table. And he was, you know, he grew up in church, so he was singing this song. He's three and a half years old. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously, and the horse and the rider thrown into the sea. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. The Lord, my God, my strength, my song, has now become my victory. He's singing it up and down the hallway. And then he'd sing, oh, the blood of Jesus. He'd go, oh, the blood of Jesus. <sighs> Riley Children's Hospital. And here's his Jewish doctor, Dr. Goldman, sitting over here watching David running up and down the hallway. He's not supposed to, he couldn't walk, see? That was part of it, which was totally different from the leukemia. So they're calling in all these doctors. Well, Dr. Goldman was the head blood doctor at Riley Children's Hospital. So he's sitting over there 
Well, you know, he has this big legal yellow pad, and he's looking at Dave, and he's got these glasses in his mouth, and he's looking at him, you know, and he, he writes something down, and he looks at him again, and, you know, and so past, we had never, we weren't there to preach the gospel to anybody. We were there to get our boy out of there. But there came a time when Pastor went up to him and said, Dr. Goldman, you look like you're a little confused there and bewildered. Uh, and he said, well, in fact, Dr. Goldman said to him, frankly, my boy, you baffle me. He couldn't figure out, you know, here's a medical doctor, a blood expert in children's blood diseases, couldn't figure out what was going on with him. So Pastor goes up to him and says, uh, sir, I don't want to interrupt your figuring and all the stuff you're doing here, but uh, we're Christians. And not only do we believe that Jesus is our, ha- our Savior, but we also believe that Jesus is our healer. And uh, would you consider that Jesus healed my boy? And he said, those things do happen. Well, when we were at this intensive care healing class that we taught at that church in Indianapolis, we taught it with a cancer doctor. And he happened to go on a retreat or a whatever you call it with this Dr. Goldman. And so a bunch of doctors went away for the weekend, and all they talked about was that Samples boy and how they couldn't figure out what had happened to that Samples boy, why he walked away and he was healed. Now, this makes me sad. At Riley's Children's Hospital, beautiful hospital, Indianapolis for Children, excellent hospital, there's a little chapel in it, and you go down this doorway, you go down this hallway, and you go into this little room, and there's a huge wooden altar in there. And people would write down their prayer requests and they would lay them on the altar. And we would go in there and we would read them. And people would say this, Please pray for us. We don't know if it's God's will for our child to be healed. And I thought, I know God's will. Because I studied God's word. I know. And we, Pastor and I, we just wept for these people. And then sometimes we would go in there a couple of days later and they would say, well, little Johnny, you know, passed away, you know. But little David didn't pass away. You know, and I give all the glory to the Lord because of the word that we knew. Okay? That's why for those of you who think you don't need it yet, you need to, you need to get it. And those of you, you need to double time it. Double time it. You know, uh, you need to force feed yourself. You know, you've heard about people that go to the hospital and they... Oh, like somebody's dehydrated and they go in and they put an IV in there, you know, and they're, you know. That's what I mean by force feeding yourself. You need to push the word into yourself. You know, you need to get it in there really, really good. Um, You know, you heard Dr. Barkley talk about tithers' rights recently. Um, Back then, 27 years ago, that's the main scripture that we stood on. We said, Lord, we're tithers. The devil's trying to rebuke the devourer of our son. And, we th- and we're trying to, trying, to, trying to take the life of our son, destroy his life. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that your word says that if we are tithers, you rebuke the devourer for our sakes. So some of you aren't tithers. So, I don't know. That's a hindrance to you if you're not a tither. You cannot talk me out of not tithing. I mean, I don't care if I've got a dollar. If I'm tithing that dollar, I mean, a a dollar, ten cents is going to the Lord. You know, tithe is ten percent of what your gross income is. You know, I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. But that's between you and God. You know, Pastor said the other day when he was here that, you know, like a... Well, sometimes you come up for healing and, and he'll, or whatever it is you're coming up here for, and pastor will ask you the question, are you a tither? And if, he, if you say yes, then, man, he gives you both barrels. If, he's, if you say no, he says, well, I'll pray for mercy for you then. The mercies of God are new every morning, you know. But, hey, I'd rather stand on the sure word of, hey, I'm a tither, and God is rebuking the devourer for my sake. God Almighty is rebuking the devourer for my sake because I'm a tither. And the devil cannot take out me or mine because I'm a tither. Amen. Okay. Now, you need to understand the difference between... I'm going to die all over myself. You need to understand the difference between a healing and a miracle. There's a difference between a healing and a miracle. Now, healing is 
Mark 16:18. Let's look that let's look there. You can look at the last part. Jesus said, <laughs> Jesus is so cool. He said, <laughs> he said, they shall lay, meaning believers, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall what? Recover. Okay, recovers healing means you're getting better every day. You're recovering. Do you understand the difference? A miracle is you are sick and bam, now you're not. You are crippled and bam, now you're not. You know, that's, do you understand the difference? I want you to understand the difference between a healing and a miracle. There's also a difference between divine health and divine healing. Divine health is you're, you, just, you just never get sick. I mean, you know, you're just walking in this stuff. You're walking in tall cotton. You're walking in, you don't get sick. But if someone did to get sick, then there's, there's divine healing that will come in and make them well. So do you understand that? Okay. There's a lot of things I want you to understand. Okay, look at Romans 10:19. We quote this scripture just about every single Sunday or Wednesday, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's just one of those things. So then, what comes? What comes? Faith. Say faith. So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. So, does faith come by praying? Does faith come by fellowshipping? Does faith come by exercising? Nope. Unless you're exercising the Word. Faith comes by... And hearing what? Word of God. Pastor Dave the other day was talking about um, our house when he was growing up. Pastor reads the Word out loud, okay? So I can be doing the dishes, and I'm hearing the word. Pretty cool, huh? But if you don't have a pastor that, you know, is there, he wasn't, he wasn't a pastor back then, but, you know, he's just a believer. But you can take, like, this healing CD. I mean, you've got you to gotta do the dishes. You've got to do the laundry. You've got to clean. You know what I mean? You've got to drive down the road. Well, you put the CD in there, and you're, getting, you're hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it, hearing it. But pastor, that's what he does, does, still does it at home. He reads the word. He reads it out loud. So everybody in the whole house can hear it. You know, so anyway, that's pretty cool. So faith does not come by praying. There's a difference between faith and praying. And this is where some of you are getting yourself all tripped up. Okay? Look at Romans, I mean Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is, you got, are you looking at me? Look at me. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, faith is. Now. If you get this healing word inside of you and build up your faith for healing, now faith is. It's not going to be out there where I can't reach it, where it's never attainable. Now faith is. Okay? So there's that little illustration. You can keep looking at that if you want to. Now, let's look at Romans 12.1. If I can find it. Okay, listen to this. This is so good. So it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Notice it doesn't say your unreasonable service. It says it's your reasonable, your piece of cake service. Okay? Then he says, and be not conformed to this world. Included in this world could be maybe religious garbage you've heard for years. Stupid stuff like, well, it may not be God's will to heal him. 
maybe it's God's will to teach him a lesson. That's why he's sick. You know, you hear that in Christian circles, okay? But that's part of the yuck. That's part of the yuck. It says, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Is it God's will for healing? Okay. Don't go around saying, I know God will, God is able. There's a difference between God being able and God willing. God being able is the carrot's way out there somewhere. God will is a difference between you receiving it and God being able. So you never say, I know, yeah, God's able. I mean, anybody knows God's able. But you need to get it from the able part, which is way out there somewhere, to God will. You understand that? Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, this is so exciting. Okay. Now look at uh, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. This is so good. You know, if you don't write in your Bible, you ought to. This is, my, this is my Bible I'm going to have to send out to get rebound. I've got so much stuff written in here, and it's all falling apart. So I'm going to have to get, send it out to get rebound. But I write in this thing. Okay, Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5 says, this is King James, Surely, surely, of a surety, truthfully, that's what surely means, surely, Definitely. He has borne our griefs. If you look up the, the Hebrew word for griefs in your, uh, whatever you call that thing, concordance, your, analytic, your strong's analytical concordance, it translates sickness. You need to write sickness right there in your Bible by the word griefs. It's going to change your whole definition of this thing. Surely he has borne our griefs or our sicknesses. And carried our sorrows. That word translated translates diseases or pains. You need to write that in your Bible. Yet, we did esteem him smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions, our sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. That means our weaknesses. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we what? No. What's it say? R. Say R. R. Is R present tense, past tense, or future tense? Present tense. Now faith is. With his stripes we are healed. Okay. Is that off somewhere in La La Land? Or is that? Okay. So you've got to get the revelation. It's now. Faith is now. Okay, now look at 1 Peter 2.24. 1 Peter 2.24 says we were, and if we were, then we are. I am healed, I am whole, from the top of my head to the soles to the tip of my toes. You know that song, don't you? You don't? That's been around forever. Who knows that song? Oh my gosh, that's one of those charismatic renewal songs back from the 70s. When not only was the Holy Ghost restored back into the churches, but so was the healing. Well, actually, that started with the Oral Roberts back in the 50s and his tents and stuff. The Lord reestablished that. Anyway, that's just a little history for you. First Peter 2.24. I already sang it to you. <sighs> Let's see. I've got to find it now. Okay, here we are. This is actually quoting Isaiah, which we just read. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. There's your sins. You know, he died for our sins. On the tree. That we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we... No, you're not reading it. What's it say? Do you have a Bible? What's it say? Okay, now I'm gonna, we're going to do this again, so you're not getting it. You've got to get this. If you want to get this, you've got to get this. Okay. By whose stripes ye... Were healed, is healed, past tense, present tense, future tense, past. He already did it. 
Do you understand that? He already died for you, for you to get to heaven, you know, for you to be born again. He already died for you to be healed. Do you understand that? By whose stripes you are healed. By his stripes you were healed 2,000 some odd years ago. You've got to get that. Do you understand? No, you may not understand that. You need to understand that. You need to get it, okay? You really need to get this. Okay, now I'm going to tell you some wrong ways to do stuff. I did a sermon one time on 19 reasons why people fail to receive healing, which I'm not doing today. But sometimes people fail to receive healing because they want sympathy. They want attention. And they want pity. Oh, poor you. You know what will happen to you? If you want, if your goal is to get sympathy and pity, it's going to flat out kill you. So, if you find within yourself that you're wanting attention, you need to watch older people with this, you know. They don't have a whole lot of attention sometimes, and they'll talk to you about their, they'll give you an organ recital. Oh, my heart, oh, my liver, oh, my, you know. So <laughs> some people, you don't ask how they are. You don't go up to them and say, hey, how are you doing? You just say, hey, brother, hey, sister. You know, you don't ask them how they are because you don't want to receive an organ recital. So if you find yourself being one of these people that want attention, you want sympathy, you want pity, get rid of it because you won't get your healing because of that. I hear too many Christians say this. I've been praying and praying and praying and praying. Somebody said that to me on the phone the other day. But too many Christians don't know the difference between praying and begging. Too many Christians think that God's deaf and he didn't hear you. Do you think God's deaf? Do you think you prayed when you prayed the first time in the name of Jesus that he heard you, that all heaven had? had do you think so? Well, why are you praying and praying and praying and praying? You need to be praying and faithing and faithing and faithing and faithing. Okay. Do you think God's stupid and he doesn't understand? Well, why are we acting that way then? Do you think he's such a mean God that he wants you to beg and beg and beg and beg? Do you think he's a mean God? Heavens, no. He heard you the first time you asked. So if you're going around praying and praying and praying, but you're not faithing, he heard you the first time. So you need to thank him. You pray, okay? Or you come up to the altar for hands and lay on you, and you thank him. Thank you, Father. Does it make any difference whether you feel any better when you walk away from this altar or whatever, or when you're praying at home, whatever? Makes no difference. You thank him. You're thanking him by faith. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and you're getting it in here, see? So you may still hurt. The doctor may say you still have da-da-da-da. Doctors aren't stupid, folks. And, you know, you need to understand that. We are not against doctors or medicine. I forgot to say that from the get-go. I always have to say that so people understand that. They're not stupid. If they see something in their test, honey, you got it. You know, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'll tell you that in a minute. Another thing is your church attendance. Now, this is big, your church attendance. When you come in here, is it, is, does, it, does it help you more to come to church or less? More. Always more. Okay. When you come into, did you feel the presence of the Lord in here this morning? Oh, my gosh. It was powerful in here today. Sometimes you feel it, sometimes you don't. Boy, I love it when I feel it because it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's kind of float away in a cloud, you know. I looked on the calendar, and in, in January, there were 14 opportunities to be at church this month. How many times were you here? Some people say to me, oh, I come to church all the time, but I got, I got, I got a surprise for you. We take attendance here. You don't know it, but we do. Pam takes attendance for me. It's out of the bag, Pam. Pam takes attendance for me. We've been doing that for the last five years, give or take. And somebody will get sick, and I'll, let me see their, or somebody or whatever, you know. I'll say, Pam, let me see the attendance. And I'll look at them. They haven't been here. And I'm thinking, no wonder they're sick. No wonder they're backslidden. No wonder they don't have any victory in their life. They're not here. Or I'll look at the thing, and maybe they're here once. We've got three services a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. What are you doing? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Where are you? What are you doing? Do you like God's presence? I do. 
I do. I love God's presence. And you know what? Let me tell you something else. You don't realize, I'm going to say this, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. You've got to get a revelation of this. Each one of you carries within you some Jesus. You've got some Holy Ghost in you. You've got some anointing in you. You've got some presence of God in you. And when you walk through that door, it's called a corporate anointing. We corporately come in here and we corporately bring in all this stuff. And then we worship the Lord and then, bam, he comes down and he meets us. That's the corporate anointing. But you also realize that when you do not come, when you are not here, neither is your portion of the anointing here. I'm going to say that again. When you don't come, that means that your portion of the anointing doesn't come either and you're robbing somebody else of the anointing that's in you. You've got to get a hold of that. Go to SMTI. Dr. Barthel will teach you all about it, won't he? Yes, he will. It's called the corporate of anointing. Okay, look at Isaiah uh, 20, uh, 10, 27. The last part, B. Isaiah 10, 27. <laughs> this is so cool. says, and the yoke, I'm reading the last part, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing or the presence of God. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. I'm going to give you a definition for an anointing. You can write it down. The anointing is the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God in your life. I'll say it again. The anointing is the burden removing. You got some burdens in sick burden? Burden removing, yoke destroying. Is that sickness a yoke around your neck? Power of God in your life. That's what the anointing is. So when you come into this place and there's anointing here, it doesn't matter whether we're teaching on finances or raising your kids or whatever. If you're sitting here needing, you know, healing in your body, whatever, you're still receiving because just because of the anointing. It's the burden removing, yoke destroying, power of God, the anointing, the presence of God. Okay? So, I don't know if I did this or not, but if your attendance is crummy, just saying. Okay. Too many Christians say this. Now, here we go. Here's my carrot on a stick again. I've heard you say this, some of you. Jesus will heal me someday. Is will, past tense, present tense, or future tense? Future tense for all you English people. Will is way out there. It's way, 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 will, he will, he will someday. Praise God. I also hear him say, I know Jesus will heal me. I know he will. Yeah, you're full of, you're embalmed with doubt and unbelief is what, what's wrong with you. I hear too many Christians say this. I'm just waiting for Jesus to heal me. I'm just waiting for Jesus to heal me. Here I am, Lord. Just waiting. I got news for you. He's waiting for you. I want my healing now. Amen. I want it now. I want it now. I don't want to be sick. I don't want this sickness and disease. God doesn't want you either. Does, does sickness and disease come from God? Who's it come from? The devil. Woo! Okay. Look up Romans 1.16. Romans 1.16. Okay, listen to this. This is super good. Get your pen out. (laughs) For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Boy, we could preach on that all day. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Oh, I just love God. 
For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Now you may read that scripture and skim over the whole thing. I'm going to tell you the little treasure that's in that scripture. See that word salvation? If you look that up in your analytical concordance, that comes from the Greek word sozo, S-O-Z-O. This is what the word salvation means. It doesn't just mean you're going to heaven someday. It means deliverance. It means safety. It means preservation. It means healing. It means soundness. It means health. That one word, salvation. See, you need to study your Bible. You know what I mean? You really do. You catch all kinds of cool stuff in this Bible. Sozo, deliverance, just from the word salvation. Deliverance, safety, preservation, heal, soundness, and health. Now see the, see the healing and the health? There's your divine health and your divine healing. Right there. I said this a minute, a minute ago, but you may say, well, why am I sick? You're sick because you have an enemy, number one. Number two, you may be sick because you've abused your body. You know, you go jumping off of bridges all the time. Something's going to happen to your body. You know what I mean? <laughs> or we weigh too much. I'm talk, pointing, you know, pointing like that, and I got four pointing back at me. You weigh too much. You know what happens? Your blood pressure goes up. Your sugar goes up. Your this goes up. Your that goes up. Whose fault is that? Is that the devil's fault? No. Whose fault is that? Yeah, it's our fault. So we have an enemy and we abuse our body. Two reasons why sickness and disease comes on us. Oh, my goodness. I'm gonna, you don't have to look this up again, but Mark 16, 18. Believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You need to fight sickness just like you do sin. Like, say, for instance, um, you're at the bank. And the guy before you left a whole stack of bills on the counter. You're sitting there looking at those bills. And you're thinking, boy, I sure would like to have those bills. You're tempted to take the bills. Well, that would be sin if you took the bills, right? So you fight off that temptation. You say, devil, I'm not stealing. I mean, you know, temptation still, the devil still talks to people, you know. I'm not going to take that stupid devil. In fact, he'd say, hey, sir, you left your money here, you know, da-da-da-da. But you need to fight sickness just like you fight sin. You need to fight it off. Don't embrace it. Do not embrace sickness. You know, I'm going to just tell you a story about me being a mom. <laughs> when my kids were little, unless when they were old enough, not when they were babies, if they threw up, they had to clean it up themselves. You know why? I'll tell you why. Was it because I was a mean mom? No, it was because I did not want them to embrace mommy's attention. Mommy pays a whole lot of attention to me when I'm sick. No, I didn't want them to embrace sickness. So if they threw up when they were old enough, they cleaned it up themselves. You know, of course, we prayed for them, did all we needed to do for them, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just telling you, you know, you can put within your child a desire for attention, pity, you know, all this stuff when they're little, just by you babying them when they're sick. And you need to teach them the word too, you know. I'm telling you, you need to teach these little folks the word, and they'll just quote it right flat back to you, won't they? Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, here's another thing. You need to quit putting on Facebook and everywhere else. Oh, pray for me. I'm sick. Amen. Good Lord, do I get fed up with that (sighs) you have no idea the amount of doubt and unbelief that exists out there in la la land in cyberspace oh i'm sick please pray for me and you got old johnny soso over there saying yeah god's not going to heal them so you you you, when when (laughs) you don't want a bunch of doubt and unbelief thrown in you don't need to put that you know 
And it's not how many people you can get to pray for you. That has nothing to do with it. You get this healing word in you, you will build up your healing yourself. You don't need to go to sister so-and-so over here, you know, da-da-da-da. And I'm not, saying, I'm not saying don't ask for prayer, but if you've been prayed for, you may need to come up for a booster shot, you know. Pastor, just lay hands on me again. Agree with me again. I just need a little booster shot. Yeah. But Pastor's not going to sit up here and say, oh, I've already laid hands on you and prayed. I'm not going to pray for you again. He won't say that, but he'll give you a little booster shot. Father, I agree with the prayers that have already been prayed. But see, I need you to get off of the praying part so much as onto the faith part, onto the, onto the word part. See, this is where you're going to get it yourself and quit relying on everybody else. By you putting that on Facebook, you're relying on everybody else who have nothing at all to offer you. Nothing. Nothing. You've got to get it yourself. Um, if you need to write something down, you know, if you have an uncontrollable urge to write something down, that's why you're writing on Facebook all the time. Get yourself a journal. Write it in here. Write to you and God, you know. Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. And this is what's on my heart. And you write it down, you and him. You know, quit writing it on Facebook. Write it in your little journal. It's between you and God. It's yours. It's between you and God. Oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, okay. I talked to you a minute ago about coming up for a, to the prayer for healing. When you come up here, you need to come up with your receiver on. Okay, now, now I'm going I'm, I'm to try to explain this to you. You need to come up here with the expectation that I am going to receive. Well, if I come up here for, for healing or whatever it is you're coming up here for, that you are going to receive. Now I'll just give you a little lesson. When you come up here to receive, when you come up here to be prayed for, lift your hands to the Lord. When pastor, whoever's praying for you, gets to you, shut up. Don't pray in tongues back to us. Shut up. How can you receive in if you're speaking out? You understand what I'm saying? You can pray in tongues the rest of the day. I don't care. But when you're having your hands laid on you, don't, don't just receive it. You can't, take in, you can't receive and be talking at the same time. You've got to be quiet. You've got to be quiet. Okay? And receive. Just as if it's Jesus Christ Almighty standing right in front of you. You just receive it. You understand? Okay. Um, and if you walk away from here, <laughs> don't say, well, I guess I didn't get anything. I still feel bad. I still hurt. I guess I didn't get anything. You know what you just did? You just turned off the power switch. Because the anointing of God just went into you, and you just said you didn't get anything. Oh, my gosh. Look what you just did. <laughs> That's really bad. You're not supposed to do that. If you go to the doctor and he gives you a prescription and he tells you, let's say, for instance, he gives you an antibiotic and, you, and he says, take these for 10 days, whatever. You won't feel any better for maybe three. You won't see a difference in yourself for three days, but take them till they're all gone. How many of you ever heard the doctor say that? It's the same way when you come up here for healing. When you come up here for healing, when you, you know, if you walk back to your seat and you feel, you feel the same way, don't say... I didn't get anything. I guess I didn't get it today. Someday God will heal me. See, this is where some of you are missing it. You need to say this. Father, I thank you, Lord, that hands have been laid on me and I receive it, Father. And when you go to bed tonight and you're hurting like crazy, Father, I thank you, Lord, that hands have been laid on me and I'm receiving it. Thank you, Lord, your healing anointing is working in my body. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And you pump your healing scriptures. One reason Pastor and I are so strong in healing, besides, you know, just because of what I already told you was, we had an all-night tape player. We'd play healing tapes all night long while we were sleeping. doesn't matter whether you're sleeping or not. Your spirit's still alive and awake. Amen. I guess you I don't know if you can keep playing CDs on a thing all night. I don't know. Can you? Do it, man. Do it. You know, force feed yourself. Amen. Now look up uh, Proverbs 18.21. Proverbs 
Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. You notice it says death first? It's a whole lot easier to speak death and doubt and unbelief and negativity. You know what I mean? Than it is life. I mean, just speaking negative just comes naturally. Oh, lousy day. Oh, I feel terrible. All oh, this headache's killing me. Well, maybe it will if you keep saying it. You know what I mean? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. We need to reverse that in our lives and put life is in the power of my tongue. And I love it, and I shall eat the fruit thereof. I want to show you this little Charles Capps book. Charles Capps just went home to be went home to be with the Lord last year. Was he sick? No. He wasn't sick. You don't, you know you don't have to be sick to die. That's a revelation to you. You don't have to be sick to die. You can just check out. I somebody told me that the American Indians did that. When they got tired of living, they would just go somewhere and say, well, bye, folks, I'm leaving, and they would just check out. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you know, well, that's what Charles Capps did. He told his family, well, tomorrow I'm going to go home to be with the Lord. So he called all his family around, and then tomorrow he went home to be with the Lord. He just checked out. You know, you don't have to be sick. Now, I included this in that little healing packet thing that I've got for you. This book is awesome. Now, I've told people, I said, you go back in the bookstore and you get this book. It's cost $1.99, something like that. Go back there and get this little book. I'm going to show you one of some of Pastor's books that I happened to find when I found his little cards. Can you see that from here? It's all taped up. It's all discolored putting it in his pocket when he was driving trucks, etc. But this thing was right where I found the, 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 the cards there, right by his chair, where he left them before he went to Nicaragua. This little book here explains to you about the power of your tongue, the confession that you say. And I told somebody one day, I said, you go back in the bookstore and you buy that thing and you study it and you do what it says to do in here. I asked him a few uh, next week. I said, well, how, did you like that book? Yeah, I gave it away. I thought, gave it away? You're not supposed to gave, give it away. You're supposed to embrace it. If you want to give it away to somebody, buy them a copy. But don't, for heaven's sakes, don't get rid of your copy. <clears throat> I keep mine in the bathroom. How many of you spend more than two minutes in the bathroom on a given day? Well, you ought to do something with that time. I'm a great, I'm a great one. For, I just, I'm a time uh, efficiency expert in my own right. So I go in there and I read this. These are all confessions out of the word. It says this. Jesus is the Lord of my life. Sickness and disease have no power over me. I am forgiven and free from sin and guilt. I'm dead to sin and alive unto righteousness. Then it tells you where it's found there. Jesus bore my sins in his body on the tree. Therefore, I'm dead to sin and alive unto God. And by his stripes, I'm healed and made whole. Yeah. God's medicine. And then there's a section on. (laughs) Oh, this thing's so good. I read this several times every day. Tumors and arthritis. Arthritis is a thing of the past. I make a demand on my bones and joints to function properly in Jesus' name. Growths and tumors have no right in my body. I mean, here you are. You're speaking to yourself. You're speaking to your body. You are taking authority over your body, and your body has to line up with what the Word says. Here's one for heart and blood. I'll tell you a little story. I went to the doctor one day a couple years ago. And uh, they said my blood pressure was 160 over something, you know, and I thought, that's not right. So in here is also a confession for my blood pressure is 120 over 80. The life of God flows in my body and cleanses my arteries of all matter that does not pertain to life. Next time I went to the doctor, I thought, what's my blood pressure going to be? Oh, your blood pressure is 120 over 80. (laughs) I went, yeah, yeah. My heartbeat is normal. My heart beats with the rhythm of life, carrying the life of God throughout my body, restoring life, life and health abundantly. Amen. I read this sucker every day, several times a day. Out loud. So I hear it. Arteries and cells. Immune system. Healthy bones and marrow. Enforcing life. You know, get, you know this is awesome. This is really awesome. 
Now, that's chapter 4 when it starts all the, all the confession things. And before that, it's telling you, helping you to understand, why in the world am I speaking this? You know, it's not that you're denying that you're sick. That is not it. That is not it. You never deny that you're sick. You deny it the right to stay in your body. Okay? Because they'll think you're a fruit cake, man. They'll, they'll, you know, I'm not sick, I'm not sick, I'm not sick. And you're hacking and sneezing or limping or whatever it is you're doing, and you're trying to say you're not sick. Any idiot can see you're sick. Okay? I'm not sick. I'm not sick. I'm not sick. It's another reason why you're ignoring the fact that you're sick and you need to do something about it. So you just messed yourself up again. Okay. Or this one. I'm going to the doctor. I've got these pains. Pray they don't find anything. If there's something wrong with you, you need to pray that they find it so you can fix it. Okay? Let's stop being so stupid. Man, let's use the, the common sense that God gave us. The fact is you're sick. The truth will change the facts. You know, here's the truth of God. This truth will change the facts that you are sick. Amen? It is God's will for you. How do you know it's God's will? Because I read the book. <laughs> he said, I will be made whole. You know, you'll go through there and you'll see Jesus say, I will. I'll heal him. I will. I'm, you know, be made whole. You know, isn't that awesome? Let's read Psalms 91, verse 16. Then I want you to see an awesome, awesome, awesome uh, video we're going to play in a second. Psalms 91, 16. I want to do something before I do that, though. You know, you messed yourself up, right? Did you find yourself in any of these, anybody? Or am I just out to lunch somewhere? Okay. You can do something about this. It's called renewing your mind to the Word of God. You sit there and watch that for a little while and see what happens to it. Okay. Psalms 91.16. You ask Philip Gomez about Psalms 91.16. He'll flat out quote this to you. How many times have you heard people say, Oh, I won't live very long. My dad died when he was 40. And, you know, everybody, my daddy dies when they're 40. And, you know, hey, you can have what you say. I just got through telling you about the Charles Caps book. You can have what you say. If you want to die when you're 40, you just keep saying it and keep claiming it. And you'll die when you're 40, daggummit. That's just the way it is. But the Bible says, if you, verse 1, dwell in the shadow of the, of, of the Most High, snuggle up with Jesus all the time and stay there and don't move, says, with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. I want to show you, I want to tell you something else too. Faith works by what? No, well, no. No, you get, you get faith by, but faith works by love. Faith works by love. If you're stinking mean all the time, if you're sowing discord among the brethren, if you're gossiping and murmuring and complaining, faith works by Faith works by, no, faith works by, no, faith comes by hearing, faith works by, come on, faith works by, what is it, Galatians 5, 6, let's look at it, guys, you're going to have to look at it because you didn't get it, oh my gosh, Galatians 5, 6, okay, I'm going to say, faith comes by hearing, okay, faith comes by hearing, okay, Faith works by daggum. Why can't I find Galatians? I'm so excited. Here it is. What is it? Galatians 5, 6, Pastor Dave? Oh, there we are. Ta-da. Write this down, Galatians 5, 6, because I didn't put it down for you. But faith, which works by... Say it louder. Do you not want to love? Do you want to love? Okay, faith works by... I can't hear you. Faith works by love. So are you going to purpose in your heart? You're going to quit being a stinker and start loving folks? Okay. Let's watch this awesome, awesome video.
everybody. It's Jason Gatlin. Just want to tell you a quick story. I'm in Hollywood right now on Sunset Boulevard. And uh, outside of my baby's hospital, uh, finishing up a quick stay here, I want to tell you a story as to why she's here. Uh, a couple months ago, Jessica and I were expecting the news as far as the gender of our fourth child. Found out she was going to be a girl. We're excited about that. Doctors went on to tell us that she has a heart defect and many other uh, issues with the heart and that uh, there was potential other problems with her. And so we went to work and we got in the word and we uh, began to believe God for a miracle. Two weeks later, a valve that was completely missing appeared and God did his first miracle on that, which was an awesome deal for us. We were so excited about that. But I want to tell you, more months kept going by, and more months. This was in August when it all happened. And, of course, this is January now, 2016, and uh, months went by, and the report kept staying the same. Same report, same report, same report. And here's what I want to tell you, is that uh, no matter what's going on, whatever you're believing God for, don't quit standing on the Word. Don't quit standing on the Word. We believed God, and we believed God, and we stood, and we stood, even when our flesh was screaming at us, even when the devil was putting things in our mind, wanting to discourage us and get us off track and get us off our faith. We kept going until the night before the surgery. The baby was born Friday evening, January 8th, and, uh, 2016, and then we were transferred to another hospital for uh, the hospital uh, that would do the surgeries and all that kind of stuff on her heart. All the way up to the night before the surgery, the report was exactly the same. Ever since that first miracle, the valve had reappeared. But there was other things with her heart that uh, had not changed, and the news hadn't changed. The report and the scans and everything that they were doing on the baby uh, said the same exact thing. And so uh, I stayed up. You know, Jess had just had the baby, and she'd been praying. You know, we kind of switch off doing roles, uh, watching the baby and praying and speaking the word. And so it was my turn the night before. The surgery that night, they had just done some scans, and the news was all still the same. And uh, I decided I wasn't going to back off, but I was going to keep going and keep believing God and keep praising Him for the miracle He was working in her body. And uh, the next morning, they opened her up to do the surgery, and they had one plan that they planned on doing, uh, one type of surgery. When they opened her up, they found several things had adjusted overnight. Her arteries, uh, pulmonary arteries, were much larger than what they were showing before, so much so that they needed to do no repairs on those. And uh, the original plan was to have to do multiple heart surgeries throughout her life to fix the repairs. The doctor came in the waiting room to let us know that the surgery was over. And uh, we were shaking hands, and he just said, Mr. and Mrs. Gatlin, I want you to know that uh, your daughter won't need another surgery again. We were able to do a complete repair. That is a miracle right there. And we rejoice with God and uh, with what God did in our baby and in our life. And we're so excited about that. But uh, yeah, I would have to have a much longer video. We'll probably put something up uh, as far as the full testimony of uh, her healing with more details. But there were a lot of things that were supposed to be fixed and happened and and that night a lot of things adjusted and god was faithful to his word he says in his word that he watches over his word to perform it and if you and i will just not give up no matter what the circumstances say uh, all the way up to the last minute you, we just have to keep plugging away at it and god is faithful and he will perform what he says he will do and uh, he did a miracle in our baby's life and we rejoice in that and we just wanted to encourage you you know, if you've done everything to stand, you just keep standing. Whether that's a financial miracle or a healing miracle or a marriage or a family or whatever you're believing God for, you stick to it no matter what the circumstances say. Because miracles do happen, and my family and my baby is a living testimony to what God will do in your life. If you just believe Him and rejoice and praise Him for the miracle power that He has. And in Jesus' name, I speak over you that. You will stay strong and stand and believe his word no matter what in the name of Jesus. Bless you. I hope that uh, encouraged you today. Hey, everybody. It's Jason Gatlin. Just wanted to... Hallelujah. You all know Kenny Gatlin. That's his son, Jason. That's his son, Jason. Where's the praise team? Come on out, guys.
Okay, well, I'm not quite sure how the Holy Ghost wants to do this. I will say this. If you have had hands laid on you before and you feel like that's good enough, then don't come up for prayer. Just receive. If you want a booster shot, <laughs> quote unquote, come up and I'll, we'll lay, I'll lay hands on you again. If um, you've never had hands laid on for you for your condition, whatever it is, then come on up. Uh, guys, you can do something with this. Um, let me just tell you. 